Welcome to the Treble Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist and founder of Treble Health. This podcast is supported by treblehealth.com, the nation's leading telehealth service for tinnitus and hearing loss treatment. Thank you for being here on our podcast and make sure to subscribe to get our newest episodes sent straight to you. Let's get ahead with today's episode. Today, we're going to focus on collecting evidence to shift tinnitus in the brain and how you can use these methods to help your tinnitus management plan. We're here today with Dr. Suzanne May, expert audiologist with Treble Health. My name is Dr. Ben Thompson. We are both audiologists and we have a strong passion for helping those who have tinnitus. Dr. Suzanne, tell us about your approach to how we can collect evidence to promote neuroplasticity and help our tinnitus. That's a great question. So in our life, we collect evidence on every sound that we hear, whether it's the refrigerator humming and we see the refrigerator working and we know that it's not dangerous at all to as something as a rattlesnake and that rattle sound is definitely dangerous. And we collect this evidence through our other senses, our eyes, our nose, our mouth, and our fingers, um, and even other people's reactions when they are in the same environment. So we're going to use some of this evidence to help our tinnitus. For those who don't know your story, could you please give us an introduction to how you became a tinnitus specialist and your own tinnitus? So um, I knew I wanted to be an audiologist and help people hear and communicate. I have tinnitus myself that started in my 20s from playing drums in a Scottish bagpipe band. And it never really bothered me too much, but I knew that I wanted to help other people who had tinnitus and started studying um, tinnitus retraining therapy and cognitive behavioral approaches. I worked at the VA and got lots of experience there with progressive progressive tinnitus management. And about three and a half years ago, I had a head injury where my tinnitus became very loud um, and very bothersome to me. And so then I ended up using some of those methods to help myself and at this point in time, I am habituated to my tinnitus. And you worked hard to get there. And the same methods we're talking about now definitely apply to your story. Neuroplasticity for tinnitus will benefit by collecting evidence. What do you mean by that collecting evidence? So your brain needs to relearn about the tinnitus. It has been put in this category of, uh uh-oh, we're in trouble, when really it's not. It's electrical energy from our cochlea to our brain. So how we give our brain more evidence to the tinnitus is giving it another sound to compare. And we want that sound to be, as I describe it, benign. It's not language-based. It's something that you can listen to and doesn't really bother you. And you are giving your brain that information to compare to the tinnitus. So that way it can see the different categories. Why is tinnitus in the danger category in the sound therapy and the neutral category and start making comparisons and collecting evidence. So you're bringing up a good point here, which is a fundamental concept in tinnitus retraining therapy, which is a primary mode of modality that we use here uh, with our audiology team, that when we can show the brain the truth of what tinnitus is and what it is not, that's through learning, that's through having sound therapy, that's through observing different truths. So the brain itself is smart in collecting evidence, even if consciously we're not necessarily putting the dots together. So for example, I'm walking down a path and I see this coiled up circular object and I feel like it's a snake. So immediately my automatic reaction, I didn't choose to do it automatically, I jump. 
But then I realized, oh, that's just a garden hose. It's not a snake. Similarly, the brain can pick up this level of tinnitus and automatically react and put us in the fight or flight and, and increase the loudness of the tinnitus as a byproduct. But it's an incorrect response. It's a reaction that's not based in the truth. So the evidence can be to slowly and surely show ourselves that the tinnitus is a benign body sensation, not an imminent threat or danger. You got it. In addition, besides doing sound therapy to provide that evidence to our brain to have a sound comparison, is to then do techniques to help our body relax so that our body can send messages to our brain that we're calm and cool and collected. So deep breathing techniques where you're expanding your lungs and adding more oxygen to your system, stretching where you're releasing muscle tension, getting massage, meditation, imagery. These are all techniques physiologically that you can use to help your brain collect evidence that way as well. Because if I provide evidence that I'm relaxed, my body is relaxed, my shoulders are relaxed, my breathing is calm, my heart rate is low, then how can I be threatened by the sound of tinnitus? The brain receives exactly. mixed signals. If my body and part of my mind is, is relaxed and at ease, then why is am I still reacting to the tinnitus as if it's an imminent threat, a danger, the sound of a hissing snake, the sound of a predator, the sound of something that could hurt me? My body is telling me, mind, you can you can chill, you can reduce, you can calm down because there is no threat or danger here. We're safe. Exactly. Yeah. And then when that happens in your brain, new neurons are formed and new memories are made to start relearning about the tinnitus and saying, okay, well, the body is calm and I have this other sound to compare to. And so now I'm going to start making new neurons and learning about it and realizing that tinnitus is in the wrong category and things start shifting into the right direction. And we know that, you know, what happens when there's enough evidence built up in a court case? Well, if there's enough evidence, then the the, the judger or the, the one in our mind who's creating this story, the brain itself, if it gets enough evidence, just like um, a jury, if a jury gets enough evidence, it will come to a conclusion that most oftentimes is true. So if we provide enough evidence, truthful evidence, information here on this YouTube channel, one-on-one -on -one consultation with an expert, information that can teach me what is incorrect, what is exaggerated, what is fear, and what is truth? What does the science show? Uh, that's a lot of evidence right there. Plus you have the relaxation element, which provides evidence of, hey, that tinnitus isn't actually putting, isn't actually a threat to my, to my being, to my well-being, to my health. It's a benign, it's not life-threatening by itself. And then you have other elements along the way where the evidence just becomes overwhelmingly positive, where the brain has to let go of the intensity of the tinnitus symptoms and starts to ease and calm. And that's a mental process that we call habituation, where the intensity of tinnitus gets better over time. Uh, how was your habituation? How did that go? And was it, a, was it a steady process? Was it linear? Was it all over the place? It's definitely not linear. It was kind of up and down. Um, you have sections of time where you may start having these emotional loops that are happening in your thought process. And you have to remind yourself of the positive things that have happened before and know that 
you still are going towards that goal line. And it does take a lot of time to build that evidence because we have to remember that the part of the brain that has been activated here is that fight or flight response. And it's your survival mechanism and it's trying to keep you safe. And so it needs a lot of evidence to change its perspective on the tinnitus sound. Absolutely. Above this video now, check out another interview I did with Dr. Suzanne, where she also shared two case stories, two success stories for the tinnitus community. So click that video above and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This is your host, Dr. Ben Thompson. If you have two minutes, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a five-star review on the Apple podcast platform for the Treble Health podcast. Thank you for your time. And if you need any services for tinnitus or hearing aids, please head over to treblehealth.com and our team of expert audiologists will be able to help you via telehealth. Have a great one and see you soon.